You're listening to The Drew Marshall Show, Canada's most listened to spiritual talk back program. The heart is a bloom. Shoots up through the stony ground. There's no room. No space to rent in this town. You're out of luck. And the reason that you had to care, the traffic is stuck. You want adventure, you clean out your closet. And you know what? Unlike your father, I don't care why you thought it was a good idea. Because I'm here to tell you that it wasn't. And I'm also here to tell you that I I hope you enjoyed the outdoors because you're probably never going to be there again. School, church, and back for the next 30 days. No TV, no phone, no nothing. And you will be a model prisoner or you'll get another 30 days. Do you understand me? I need a timeout. Did everybody hear me? Mommy is taking a time out. You want a piece of this? I brought seven kids into this world. I can take one out. You are changing first your clothes and then your attitude. Uh, I'm not sure if you recognize that voice or those scenes, or as in Australia they call them dummy spits. But that's some great, great acting. Uh, debuting in 1996, Seventh Heaven received the cold shoulder from some critics, but audiences love the wholesome program about a minister named Eric Camden, played by Stephen Collins, and his family, and uh, Catherine Hicks starred as his wife, who was a stay-at-home wife and mother who tried to handle the, uh, the problems and challenges her family faces. Uh, beyond domestic crisis, though, the hit television show addressed many larger issues during its 11 seasons on the air, including homelessness, drunk driving, hate crimes, drug use. Catherine earned an Emmy nomination and impressed audiences as well as the critics with her performance as Marilyn Monroe, though, folks. I'm not sure if you knew that. In the 1980 telefilm, Marilyn, the Untold Story. There's a lot to talk about with this lady, so why don't we do that? The one and only Catherine Hicks. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Drew. Thanks. What a great introduction. You better live up to it. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. Hey, I was scaring myself there in those takes. Yeah, you really, wow. There's a snap factor there inside of you that I don't, you know, ever really want to see personally. So, uh, listen. What do you uh, mean by that? Uh, nothing, nothing. Let's just move on. Why do you have on your website a Canadian singer? Uh, oh, hey? Neil well, Young? Yeah. Because I think he's the best. You know what I'm saying? Like, Canada, we put out some good commodities oh, here and there. Avril Lavigne. Thank you. Anne Murray. Thank you. What, what, it just goes on and on, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. John Candy. Yeah. Huh? Oh, boy, comedians, Boy, can he too. sing. Boy, can John Candy sing. Listen, uh, we've got a co-host today. His name is Eric Metaxas. He's joining us. Uh, he wrote this uh, huge book on Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eric, uh, this is Catherine. Catherine, this is Eric. Catherine, you're, uh, you you look different than I expected somehow. <laughs> he's, Have you dyed your hair? What's going on? He's trying to yeah, be funny. Well, no, if you haven't heard of my Bonhoeffer book, don't worry. We'll be plugging it throughout the he's show. He's done that every interview. He's just dropped his website along the way. <laughs> he's a philosopher? Uh, Bonhoeffer, was a, he was a pastor and a theologian. He, uh, he got involved in the plot uh, to kill Adolf Hitler. Unbelievable story. I heard it about 23 years ago for the first time. I'm half German, so it really captured my imagination. And I just wrote a big biography about Dietrich 
Bonhoeffer. I mean, you talk about authentic Christianity. As far as I'm concerned, he's it. So I've been traveling the country talking about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but uh, he's uh, he's the real deal. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Excuse me, Eric. Is he a Lutheran? Uh, we're, was we're he a Lutheran? Yes, he, he was a yeah. Lutheran. But be careful what you say because Drew is still here. Excuse me, Eric. Okay. Do, you, do you mind if I have the interview back? Do you mind yeah. if I just, yeah. yeah. A good Irish lass that you are. Is your middle name? Catherine or, Mary. Ca- Mary Margaret. Oh, Catherine Mary Margaret. Yeah, my Margaret's my confirmation name. I'm Catholic. What is that, Haitian? <laughs> Seriously. Because yeah. there's lots of stuff out there on you, uh, Catherine, and I, I want to clear things up. The most important thing I need to clear up is, are you left-handed? Yes. How does that affect your your life? Oh, I'll tell you. I really think it it affects. Uh, I don't know lefties out there. You'll they dig it. I think we're a little off. I mean, we're really <laughs> neat people, but um, we're just sometimes just take a wrong turn here and there in life. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how to de- describe it. But I, I like us all. I think we're offbeat in a creative way. Nice. Was it ten or eleven seasons with seven? Heaven? It was eleven. Eleven seasons. What are the questions that you get asked the most about your time on that on that hit show? Um, I well, I, I actually I don't get asked that many questions. I just get you know tears of gratitude and people every single day. They just miss it. You know, the yeah. people should put on another family show. There's millions of people that just really you know that's a huge audience that that needs needs uh, needs to be fed something of value. Although I do think Seventh Heaven. You know, it's always about the writer-creator in television, and Brenda Hampton uh, is the whole reason. It's She's the show. I mean, we said her lines, but she came up with everything, the stories, and she stayed with the show, unlike a lot of creative um, people. They want to go on to cinema and, and be a movie writer, and so they leave their little television show, and then it dies because they're the soul of it. And right. she never left. She stayed and kept, uh, you know, writing and caring for 11 years. Catherine, were you born in New York? Mm-hmm. New York City. Uh, where, whereabouts? Because Eric's, in the village, Eric's in from Greenwich New York. Village. Oh, you're born in Greenwich Village. Okay. St. So Vincent's are you, Hospital. Are you yeah. a communist? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just checking. No. I was born in Queens, you know. Yeah. It's uh, not not as upscale as Greenwich Village. No, but. not quite. How <laughs> how old were you when you moved to Scottsdale? Oh, my gosh. A, a year and a half. Okay. So, so I was so out good there. Memories. When there was so, really so you weren't Western. driving. No, no. It, it was really Western. It was very remote. There was nothing, nothing. Do you remember any of your old cheers from your Catholic high school? Uh, Gerard, uh, G-H-S, go. Gerard Redcoats will win this game. We will fight for school and fame. Yeah. Wow. I got all, uh, I got a little shiver there. <laughs> I'm so excited today. Well, oh, this is a tough one. Huh. Okay, I went to Notre Dame, and my daughter's at USC. Can you imagine... <sighs> It was so hard to learn the USC fight song last year and walk by Tommy Trojan. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my there goodness. No, no, uh, speak of Christianity, you know, I'm used to a crucifix on every corner. Yeah. Wow. And this is like Paganville. Yeah, they have a bong on every corner, yeah. Exactly. Do, do you study theology? Um, I did at Notre Dame. I, I mean, I keep up not, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I think it's a great major. <laughs> you know, like... God, talk about God day and night, and find out all the great mystics throughout the centuries. Yeah, great philosophers. You know what? I, what I find, uh, and, and this surprised me. This is my way of sucking up right now. I think you are very pretty. And I think you are. You have taken great care of yourself. It blew me away that you turned forty-seven last month. Okay, sorry, sixty. Sixty. Oh, don't say it. It's out there. I'll tell you. 
Oh, my God. We watched Mel Gibson's Hamlet last night, my husband and I, uh-huh. and I just wept because, boy, Shakespeare asked. I mean, he, I didn't realize because three days ago all I thought about was death, and I have faith. I believe. I know there's heaven. I know everything about that, and yet I, I go, what's the point? We're just going to die. Oh, what, just, no. what is death? It's, everyone just disappears on you, yeah. and Hamlet's asking the same questions. Yeah, and, yeah, and, you, and I didn't really feel it until this number of a birthday because you realize you're probably, you know, you've been on the planet more than you're going to be. Yeah, that's what, I mean, that's what I want to know. I mean, I asked Larry King, I said, uh, you know, are you afraid of death? Because every time he has met Dr. Billy Graham or had Dr. Billy Graham on the show, the, the subject of death would always come up. I said, sure. are you afraid of, of, of death? He said, you bet your ass I am. Yeah. What, and I don't know what his faith is. I mean, Judaism does believe in an afterlife, but yeah, well, not he's, everyone he's, embraces he's it. He's agnostic. He's agnostic. Yeah. Okay. So, so turning 60, does, but did I that mean, mess? What good is it? I have a deep faith and I'm still scared. Yeah, wow. Uh, so it did mess with your head a little bit. Did it yeah. did only time, only time. Any new adventures in your life? Like, are you finally are you running a restaurant or writing any gripping <laughs> novels? Well, I, I just I, I do acting. I just had a, a big thing on with Bo Bridges last Saturday night on NBC. Game time, tackling the past. Yeah, although it was preempted because Notre Dame Stadium I got know. flooded. I heard it got preempted. Oh, they God. emptied the stadium two times. I'm like, call the game. Come on. <laughs> oh man, they didn't win anyway. So I don't know. Half the nation didn't see our show. So, maybe. but that's okay because the DVD is going to be releasing into Walmart, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, what? But no. So I, I'm scr- I scrounge around for acting, and you know, I, I my daughter just you know left, so it's an empty nest. Yeah. And um, where, where do you live? I live in L.A. In a pretty part up on Mulholland. It's very country. You know, red hawks and foxes and. It's real, real pretty. It's We're nice. very lucky. I can just imagine you sitting at home with a diet coke and a nice piece of home baked bread with butter on it, watching you know movies like Constant Gardener or Phantom of the Opera. You're so funny. Hey, is that you? Well, yeah. I mean, no. I mean, yes. But I audition. <laughs> I mean, I I do independent movies. I mean, I I work and I go to Star Trek conventions and I keep busy, uh, and. Um, you know, do you find it, that being a person of faith has has made uh, has made it difficult uh, having a career in Hollywood? To any no, extent? that's a cliche. Yeah, it doesn't cliche. affect anything. Nope. Although, I mean, like for instance, I turned down Body Heat, which, um, but that was my own personal shyness about being naked so much more even than was in the movie. The script was very. Um, there was a time in the late '70s and early '80s, and the, the actresses now are not asked to do the same thing as we were then every single script had like five nude scenes so i but i mean that's the only time i i thought boy sister john evangelist would not approve um but uh, there's there's no it's not a de- it's not a decadent town it's not a evil business at all yeah i well and any more than any any part of the world is in, sure. in parts i'd rather work in hollywood than wall street yeah exactly sorry i would Yep. You know, people, it's, this town and this business is full of creativity, and um, creative people are very kind and sensitive and insecure and all sorts of good things. Is it true that you landed the role of Dr. Faith Coleridge after only being in New York for like a couple of weeks? Oh, yeah, that was, I I trained at Cornell, and then um, the rest of my friends were like tired from summer stock, so they went on a vacation. I thought, my God. I can't wait to get on the bus and go to New York, you know. So 
in August, it was sort of quiet, and I cleaned up. I had a, got a lot of national commercials and um, Ryan's Hope, like within within two weeks, and um, I was very excited to be there. I wonder, uh, you know, would Catherine Hicks ever sit down and, and maybe watch uh, something like something like this? Have a listen to this. See if this is familiar. Oh, it's Ryan's Hope. No, I don't think so. What? I don't think there's any reason in the world why we shouldn't get married. Yes, I will marry you. No doubts? <laughs> None. <laughs> the pigtails. <laughs> Look at the weeping. Things like this just aren't supposed to happen. Like what? Marriage? No, like getting exactly what you want and living happily ever after. That's how it'll be. Listen, you have the same inflections in your voice. I know. I think I sound a little acty. <laughs> a little acty. Ryan's hoping. You, I wonder when that was. Do you have a date? I think I was. It, I was imitating Kate Mulgrew because she was so popular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What would be the date on that? Seventy-six. Wow. Or, is no, there a direct? Seven. Seventy-seven. Is there a direct pipeline from Ryan's Hope to Star Trek? Oh no! Listen, listen. You gotta, you gotta check this out. She didn't stay in, in New York very long uh, because uh, Jack Lemmon and Broadway were, were calling. I think it did tribute there, but you had it so easy in New York that I'm sure you just got bored and moved to L.A. You know, the land of dead acting careers. And and this is how things turned out for Catherine Hicks. Listen to this, Eric. Bad News Bears, Marilyn, the Untold uh, Story, which you earned an Emmy nomination for, Valley of the Dolls, Death Valley, Better Late Than Never, Tucker's Witch, Happy Endings, The Razor's Edge, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, Peggy Sue Got Married, Like Father, Like Son, Souvenir, and somewhere along the road you met your husband who invented what? Chucky. Chucky, the doll. <laughs> Child's Play, yeah. So you, did you meet on, on, on the set of Child's Play? Well, I, you know, Chris Randon and I uh, had all these scenes in Chicago with all the human, you know, the relationship things, and then they kept saying, when we get back to L.A., you're going to meet the doll, and I was like, right, that's just what I want to do, because that was a reminder that it was a horror film, and I didn't want to remind myself of that, yeah. so, but then I, I get out there and I hear Kevin Yeager, he's only 25, he made this doll, he's a genius, and then I see him, and I just went, oh, my God, I, this I've never, this has to happen, and so I prayed. See, I began praying for a husband in Yugoslavia. Um, and Did you get a husband uh, I, in Yugoslavia? No. <laughs> no. Well, I was falling in love with my leading men, or they were falling in love with me, and they were all married, and nothing was coming of anything, you know, and um, I thought, you know, it's time to get my own family going. And um, But I've to answer faith questions, I've always, uh, you know, I've, uh, I, the belief that, God listens and prayer is important and you know and and that just gets that keeps me going cuz I know miracles can happen and everything takes a miracle speaking of miracles a lovely segue uh i don't know if this is an awkward question so please tell me if you don't want to go here but it, you didn't get married until you were almost 40 i think 38 right how come well i just i had uh no interest in getting married i was happy being an actress i mean when you're to get even those credits, which I, I still wasn't the big movie star I wanted to be, but even to amass the credits I have, mm -hmm. takes enormous focus, you know? It yeah. takes, it has to be everything. And, um, you know, I go back to New York and study for five months. I mean, it's it's just, and I never, my parents would say, Kath, you know, it's in it time. Dad would walk me around the pool in Scottsdale and say, honey, you know. And I it was just like, no, Dad, I don't. It's not. I just. And I, I had a. I had. A, I was engaged for like three years to a really nice gentleman. Jeff Silverman. 
Jeff Silverman. He was great. He he, he was a journalist. Mm-hmm. And, um, I don't know, but it was, you know, I did, and then all of a sudden, wham, you know, I go, holy Moses, and I was at Mass in Belgrade, and I prayed to Our Lady of Belgrade. Uh, I just saw her p- picture there and said, Mary, can, can we work on it now? And And two months later... I meet Kevin, so just in the nick of time, and wow. I got one baby out of it. Yeah, 21 years later. I wouldn't recommend later. that. I wouldn't recommend waiting as long as I did to the career women out there. Hmm. Know, start a little earlier. But uh, little birdie told me you scored a younger man. Yes, 11 years 11 younger. Years. <laughs> well done. Is, is he still 11 years younger? Oh, you are so... Yes, he's not even out of his freaking 40s yet. <laughs> oh, hate when that happens. Yeah. Hate when that happens. Where are you guys? What we're in we're Toronto area. Toronto. Oh, that's so cool. We did the Royal Alex pre-Broadway. Uh, oh, man, For when was that? I lived in Toronto a month. It's beautiful. Really? And then Kevin did Child's Play 3, and Katie and I were there. I, I love that city. It's like England, It's like London meets New York to me. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. I could see a bit of that. Yeah, Personally, I'm, I don't get I, Toronto. I have a lot of international visitors come visit, and you know, I'll take them to Niagara Falls and the Mennonite Markets sort of thing. You know, other than theater in Toronto, which is great, yeah. you know, eh. There are a lot of good restaurants, but eh. Yeah. Um, well, what's your cup of tea? Uh, Sydney, Australia. I lived in Australia for five years and fell in love with Sydney. Really? Yeah. See, I went there and I thought, what, what you know, I don't know. Oh, you didn't Paris. get it. You didn't get it. I didn't get it at all. Oh, okay. See, but other people, you know. To each their own. Relative. Things speak to different people. You know why I think I didn't get it? Because Australia reminds me of the barrenness of Arizona. So, you know, I go more for the opposite of what I grew up in. Sure. Sure, that's right. You once described Leonard Nimoy as uh, perspicacious. (laughs) Oh, very. I love that word. Yeah. English major. Yeah. Well, he was an actor. He's real smart and very kind. He's really cosmic. Anyone else you would describe as perspicacious or insightful? Um, hmm. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Okay. And uh, I don't know. Let's do a little uh, game show thing here. I'm going to throw out uh, some names of people you've worked with. Okay. And I'm going to uh, keep score if you can figure out which show you worked with them on. Okay. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. Jack Lemon. <laughs> Tribute. Steve Gutenberg. Um. Oh, it was about he was blind in a TV movie. Doesn't like, count. <laughs> Doesn't count. This is I hard. I walked into a wall. This is hard. You walked into a wall? No, let's get it. It's a blind. Oh, no. okay. Oh, I can't. I can't. Is um, that a pass? Right. Come on, it's Family Feud. Is that a pass? It's want, a pass. Okay, James Coburn. Valley of the Dolls. Art Carney. Um, better late than never. John Schneider. Um, happy endings. By the way, John, John's been on the show a few times and, and uh, just really always have a great time with him. And he did a favor for me, surprised. Actually, our next guest, Kerry Pomeroli, a comedian, said, so thank you. I, he loves, used to eat Captain Crunch until the cows came home. I sent him a crate of oh Captain God, Crunch. Oh, my God, that's so cute. I run into John all the time. He's the nicest. He was the first one who sang, and he always does it for me, even on airplanes. We'll be, like, sitting, you know, and I'll say, will you sing the Kermit the Frog song? <laughs> yeah, Rainbows. I know. <laughs> He, you know, does, he does an incredible Christopher Walken uh, impersonation. Oh, really? Unbelievable. Since we're free associating, do we all yes. know who wrote the Kermit the song, Kermit the Frog song? No. Isn't no. that that Paul something guy? Yes, Tim gets it. Paul Williams. That's it. Yes, oh, and wow. he sang wow. it on the Mike Huckabee show Why last week. So Unbelievable. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Unbelievable. Okay, keep all going. All right, here we go. Uh, Bill Murray, we already did that? Right, right. By uh, Francis Ford Coppola? Um, Peggy Sue got married. Dudley Moore? Um... Like father, like son. Christopher Plummer. Souvenir. Tony Danza. 
um, uh, she's out of control. Who, by the way, is very, very short. Very cute. Oh, he is, I mean, who doesn't love Tony Danza? No, and you he can't could not love you. him. He could take me. He could. Aaron Spelling. <laughs> You're so funny. Come Seventh on. heaven. Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon. Oh, I forget that one. Oh, we got two X's here. Lillian Gish. <laughs> oh, 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 God. Lillian Gish. That, oh, my God. I was, I was, He's I, being a media. I was just kidding. Dick, I know you didn't is, work with the Lillian is, Gish. No, I did. It was on Sparrow. <laughs> no way. No. Sparrow, my, it was my first night time. Oh, my goodness. Dick Van Dyke. Oh, the Dick Van Dyke show. Or, I mean, the... His show. Yeah, Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah. No, okay. the new the new show. Huh? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, you're right, where he was uh, investigating stuff or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. Okay, I'll give you half one on that. Neil Patrick Harris? Oh, my God. An independent film. I can't remember the name. Okay, you got an X on that one, too. Martin Sheen? Oh, I forget. Oh, uh, uh, Dillinger. Well done. Ray Liotta? Uh, Turbulence. You see, folks, are you getting what kind of gal we're talking yeah, to here? Holy moly! <laughs> and of course, Stephen Collins. Uh, Stephen's still doing the band thing. Um, I don't think so. Or no? he would have mentioned it. Yeah, and we would have gone seeing him. Yeah, still- I saw. You know, I saw Grey's Anatomy. No, I mean, what's that one? The the doctor. House. On, it- what's that called? House. House. Yeah, House. Okay. He has a band. Oh yeah, and, yeah. And Peter Gallagher had one when he was on the OC. When you get a hit show, the guys tend to like, okay, I can get a band now. <laughs> right. I mean, and I would do the same thing. Kevin Costner, he's he travels around the Bacon Brothers, right? Yeah, Kevin, that's um, cute. What's his name from Australia? Gladiator, dude. That doesn't help me. Oh, Russell, oh. Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Oh, he's Russell. got a band too. Oh yeah, it's right. thirty oh, odd God. foot of grunts. Oh man, and I guess Johnny Depp Spe- wanted to sing. Speaking of, she's out of control. Uh, and I'm not talking about Jessica Biel. I mean, <laughs> the movie in which you played Tony Danza's girlfriend, fiance, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You and Tony, both Catholic kids. Yeah. And you both have Katie's. Isn't that funny? I know. Do you do you have any parenting advice for parents of Katie's who are out of control? Oh um, well, you know, uh, I think that's why a lot of people benefited from Seventh Heaven. Don't be afraid to be strict. I personally don't have the gift. My husband does. Um, he's got that German Jaeger thing going that Eric will appreciate. Bonhofferism, <laughs> and um, he's you know you you've got to the, uh, just don't you know don't be afraid. You've got to put your foot down. They've got enough parameters. Be strict, uh, and and they'll be they'll turn out better. They respect you then. Uh, Katie's nineteen, I think ninety two, baby. Uh huh. Yeah. I have a, I have a yeah, 92 baby as Do well. Do you? Yeah. And, uh, a boy? I, no, she's she's a girl. She's a sophomore in college. Mm, she's Yeah, she's in hairdressing school. Uh, and uh, boy. It, it, isn't it good to get through the that 13 to 17 period? Yeah. You know what? My wife and I figured out that, oh, well, our kids did much better when we put them into foster care. They just, they thrived. <laughs> they really did. <laughs> That's bad. Catherine, um... Have, I, I, I you're asked, not bored with me, are you? I no, can no, tell no. jokes. No, I can tell jokes. No, stop, stop, stop. I want <laughs> this one time at band camp. Uh, Don't stop, Drew. He's trying to be thoughtful. Let no, I, go. I just went Let into a go. thoughtful uh, pose here. Uh, the God stuff. Uh, ever wandered away from, ever Ever just kind of, you know what? I don't want to have anything to do with this stuff anymore. No, never like that. I mean, I have a couple of things to say. I mean, First of all, I'm really glad that Christians are, like, working together better than, like, 20 years ago when the born-again movement started because they didn't recognize the rest of us Christians 
um, you know, Lutherans, Anglicans, Catholics, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think that's melted away. I, I think there's, I sense there's more camaraderie yeah, among I, all of us, and not a judge, yeah. and not this uh, sort of, I don't know. Who and you, you know why that is. I mean, there's in some ways there's a good reason and a bad reason. The, the, the reason probably is that the culture has become so secular that Christians have put aside their differences and said, good. hey, this is stupid, that yeah. if we are any kind of Christians, let's, yeah. you know, let let's be let's recognize that we're brothers and sisters in Christ and and uh, that's uh, but but well, that's, that's how I that's how I when you're raised Catholic you're not taught to not respect other yeah. forms of Christianity right but I think I asked a sister once why did the Protestants constantly put down the Catholic Church and she said because the root word is protest and it exists to protest the Catholic Church but I think that's you know it like you said finally melting yeah. away yep uh, an Irishman goes into the confessional box after <laughs> after years of being away from the church and there's a fully equipped bar with a Guinness on tap uh, on the other wall is a dazzling array of the finest cigars and chocolates and then the priest comes in and he says father forgive me it's been a very long time since I've been to confession but I must first admit that the confessional box is much more inviting than it used to be and the priest replies get out you're on my side Oh, and he delivered the punchline in the brogue as well. Hi, that's really impressive. A good brogue. I appreciate that now, Drew. Thank you. Thank you. Why does it always sound like they're asking questions? I don't know. Every time the they Irish. talk, it just sounds like oh, a question. Oh, my God. Um, the, uh, the University of Notre Dame, uh, the Catherine Hicks Award. Well, that's got to be a proud little thing, really, for you. That's a cool d- Given to the graduating senior for outstanding work in theater? Well, you know, oh, this is so, I can't quite believe that. It's because, you see, I, I think part of the reason I made it is because I'm still trying to be a drama major. I mean, I came so late. I was an English and theology double major. I didn't, you know, the last week of senior year in college, one of them, I finally took an acting class, and my teacher said, you should go on in it. And that's the only, you know, so when I hear that, I think of all the, you know, the Notre Dame drama majors who had all the leads and all the great plays there that I still remember. I looked up to them so much, you know, that I can't quite, it feels weird to me that, that I would, that my name would be attached to that theater department, you know, because it's everything I did was after that. But they did put me in my first things, you know. They did cast me in some things, um, at, you know, the summer after I graduated. So, and they were they were the reason I went on. But I don't feel deserving of that, truly. Well, but that's that's a, one of the main reasons why they should name awards after people who you know who don't feel deserving of it. Oh, that's there true. Sh- there should be a humility factor if an award is named after you. If yeah. you're an arrogant putz, you don't deserve yeah, an award. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I, mean? I agree. Listen, I want to say thank you for, and I'm going to mush a little bit here, and this is this is not going to bode well with the tough guys I hang out with, but uh, seven, Seventh Heaven was, it's a warm memory for me. It's an apple cider moment for me. Oh, that's so neat. Uh, so thank you for that. I uh, watched it in Australia, watched it uh, back here in Canada, and... Uh, it gave our family a little bit of something to strive for. I know, I know look, yeah. we all know there's a bit of fantasy in Hollywood, blah, 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 but there was enough messiness, and, mm-hmm. and of course, you snapping your, your brains every there once in a while, <laughs> it, it, that, that helped us all just breathe a little easier. And it was, a, really it was a good show, and you had an Eric and I just talked yesterday about both of us meet, having the chance to meet a guy who we, we just uh, appreciated so much, and it was Tim Conway. We think back to the Carol Burnett show, and when, sure. Tim, when, when Eric and I met Tim Conway, he met him at a separate time, uh, just so appreciative of, of what that man injected into our lives, and yeah. I want to say the same thing to oh, you. Thank you so much. 
And, um, you know, uh, it, it, we can talk about miracles here. And, and the show was a miracle for the whole planet. And, um, you know, I wish for the new generations that another not really quality family show comes on because it really is a necessary thing in entertainment. Do you have any desire to reconnect with Jerry Carter and call him Fatty? Huh? Do you, ever, you any, do your homework, don't you? Hey, any, any, have you? If you ran into him, would you call him Fatty? Because he probably is, right? Middle-aged guys. Eh? Actually, I, well, oh, Speak, I got for fat everyone on 7th Heaven. Listening. I'm here to say for the first time, I'm embarrassed at how fat I got on the show. But, I, you know, I, it was really hard. I had an elderly mother and a little child, and um, and it was really stressful. But then I figure, Hold well, on. You just I wasn't... Made, you just made I all the listeners too... think that I just called you fat when you're on 7th Heaven. This is a childhood no, story. No, I'm calling myself fatty oh. on, for a couple years of 7th Heaven. But I also think that that, you know, it made me, like, not this perfect Hollywood person. So maybe God meant me to be a little fat for a while. I don't really give a uh, grunt oh, yeah, how much you weigh. But I'm slim now. I'm skinnier now. You are the bomb. I uh, really. I just you're you're like the spokesperson for Botox. Well done. Whatever you're doing, keep it up. <laughs> Thanks, Catherine. Thank you for joining us. I really do. It's just been great to get to know you a little bit. And, and you're so uh, nice. Just well, talk. tell your daughter hi. I, I I know she's having a good time in in beauty school. Thank you. Thank you. Great to chat. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Like what you've heard? Listen again online at drewmarshall.ca. Hey, folks, I want to tell you about the Drew Marshall Show 1250 special. You ready for this? For 1250, that's right, only $12.50, we'll mention your organization's name, website, and a brief description. Did you catch that? During each show, we'll read out your organization's name, website, and a brief description for only $12.50. Now, obviously, there's no point in doing that only once during a four-hour show, so we'll read your advertisement four times per show for an entire month, and each time we do it, it'll only cost you $12.50. It's kind of like putting an advertisement up on every church bulletin in the GTA, except you don't have to get permission from that grumpy old lady at the front desk. Now look, because there are limited spots available for our 1250 special, why don't you call us right now, toll free on 877-JOY-1250. Now sure, we're right in the middle of things here in the show, but if you call us right now, toll free on 877-JOY-1250, we'll take your name and number and call you back on Monday to sign up for the Drew Marshall Show 1250 special. This is nuts. Are you sure we want to do this? How am I supposed to make any money?